righty, so we're excited about this topic today because it is a topic that is definitely, definitely very important con- topic because uh, Jesus talked a lot about it, and that's the kingdom. The topic uh, title of the topic is Seeing, Entering, and Experiencing the Kingdom. So there's three things that we're going to talk about, Jim, and that's seeing, entering, and experiencing the kingdom. You hear a lot of talk about seeing the kingdom and entering the kingdom, but we want to definitely uh, end the program with a lot of uh, explanation on what is it to experience the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. And... Um, you know, the question you, you want to ask yourself is, have you ever wondered what is the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God? We're going to say they're the same here. Someday we may get into some of the nuances of what is the kingdom of heaven versus the kingdom of God, but they're, they're very, very similar, and we're going to call that is uh, the same. And... Um, you know, there's just a lot of talk about it, Jim, as far as the kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God. Uh, Jesus, as I said, mentioned it a lot. But do we really understand what it is or where it is or how to get there? <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, Rich, so many years that I sat in, in different church fellowships, uh, preachers would always talk about, you know, you need to enter into the kingdom and so on and so forth. Uh, and they would say a lot of things like that, but I would find myself walking out saying, gee, I wonder how you do that. I mean, they were always, many of them were always good at saying you need to do this, you need to do that. But they never really gave you a formula for how to enter into God's kingdom. Or, gee, I thought when I was saved, I was in the kingdom and that was the end of it. You know, now I was just going to die and go to heaven. But uh, we understand now that through our relationship, our intimate relationship with the Lord, over all these decades, that there's there's a whole lot more to God's kingdom than just you get saved and you die and wait you, you wait to go to heaven. You can experience the kingdom today, and I know that's the direction that you're going to go in. But that's exciting to think that we're going to be able to tell them how to experience it instead yes. of just tell them to do it. Yes, and and you hit upon the key thing is many still believe that you only enter the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. Uh, upon your physical death and of course we're gonna show you that uh, that is available to you right here and now you know jesus said to pray that the kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven and then he said that the kingdom is within us so for for change to come, it must first happen in us, and then it is reflected to all those that we come in contact with. The, you know, anybody and everybody at a grocery store or at church or at work or whatever. Many Christians are looking for Jesus to change things out there. Let's, you know, even back in the days that he was walking the earth, they were hoping he would set up his kingdom there in Jerusalem or, you know, what's called now Israel. Um, so so I think folks, some folks are still looking for something to change out there instead of 
God doing an internal work in us. Yeah, it's it's an inside job. Mm-hmm. That's for sure, Red. It's an inside job. So the kingdom is not something that you must jump through a bunch of hoops to get in. It is available to all. I mean, that word kingdom, it's a simple word to define. It's, it's royal power, kingship, dominion, rule. To have a kingdom, though, you must have a sovereign ruler or king. Well, we, we know who is the king of kings. And the Lord of Lords. We know who that is. Even Jesus um, got together with uh, Nicodemus. Nicodemus came to Jesus. Uh, We all know Nicodemus was a scholar, definitely of the law. And in John 3.3, Jesus showed him um, and told him that um, about the kingdom. And that you can't even see the kingdom unless you are born again which means you're born from above and born of the Spirit. After seeing the kingdom, you can check it out from afar, but you still haven't entered or experienced the kingdom. Once you enter the kingdom, you have just walked through the gate, which is a big, big step, but a much bigger step than seeing it from afar, but you wouldn't have the opportunity to experience it until you get through the gate. And I'm going to give you, Jim, I'm going to give an example that I told you about this morning. Um, The difference between the three. When I was a little kid, where my dad worked, um, they had a picnic every summer, and it was at a place called Coney Island. And as a little boy, oh man, that was a, that was a big event for me. I really looked forward to that time. In fact, the morning that we would go, we'd spend the whole day there and most of the evening. And the morning that we would go, I would just be buzzing with anticipation and excitement. And um, I can remember pulling up to the gate. Um, I could see the gate, and I could see a little bit of the uh, park, uh, the Coney Island Park, but I hadn't entered in yet because we were still outside of the gate. Well, once you paid your parking or whatever, or gave them the ticket that the company gave you, um, then you pulled through the gate, and then you could. It started opening up to you. You could see the sunlight pool. You could see the roller coasters. You could see the, all this because you had finally entered in to that park. But you could have gone in and sat on a bench the whole day and night and never ever experienced what it was to be at Coney Island, and so. Once you got a hold of the tickets to go to the different uh, rides and you dipped your toe in the sunlight pool, now you have experienced what it's like to be at Coney Island. So that's just a simple analogy of the kingdom of God. We want to see it first, then we want to enter in 
but then we want to experience it. And that, all of that, Jim, is available to everyone listening to our voice right now. Yeah, Rich, it kind of reminds me. First off, Jesus said, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't, I don't know about you, but I'm sitting at a table here, and I can grab a hold of my water bottle within two seconds. You know, I look at that water bottle as the water bottle is the hand. And I think Jesus was trying to convey to them that the kingdom is not someplace far off up in the heavens, you know, uh, beyond the moon or Mars, but the kingdom of God is within you. And that, you're probably going to, am I stepping into your territory right now? Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, you know, out of the mouth of, of two or more, you know. Right. The word is right. confirmed, and and there's Jim. There there are three major scriptures that we're going to talk about today. Um, so we're going to lay a little groundwork here. Um, you know, we're going to discuss these three very important scriptures, which will hopefully shed some light on our topic today. Um, verses that. I would say it would be a good idea to write down and and really study and meditate on them. Uh, the first one's going to be Mark one fifteen. The second one is going to be Matthew six thirty three, and I know a lot of us know that scripture by heart. And Luke seventeen twenty one. We're going to talk about those three scriptures because I really believe that it's going to shed a lot of light onto the our topic and our subject today. But let's start with Mark. 115. Jesus spoke this very important and very exciting thing uh, to those of the day. Uh, First of all, to begin this journey, we must realize that the kingdom exists now. It's not some future thing. It's not a future kingdom. And it is available to every one of us right now. Not when we die, but now. Amen. In Mark one fifteen, his message was this, and we're we're talking about Jesus uh, speaking here. He said, "At last, the fulfillment of the age has come. It is time for God's kingdom to be experienced in its fullness." Wow! Powerful verse. I want to read that again. Jesus, back 2,000-some years ago, said, It is time, meaning back then, that day, it is time for God's kingdom to be experienced in its fullness. Wow. Turn your lives back to God and put your trust in the hope-filled gospel. If you're not feeling hope out there today... This is going to be a really good message for you to listen to because it's full of hope. Whenever you're dealing with the kingdom, it's all about hope. It's all about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. But um, this Mark one fifteen is a very powerful verse. And, um, and we have to understand that this is something that God wants for us now. In Luke 12.32, it's... Jesus said, fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Mm. Amen, brother. Uh, some, some good words there. Uh, seek ye first. Um, yeah, I've got a poem here that I might want to read at this sure. time. Uh, and it 
goes like this. Um, as we start to enter Father's kingdom, which is the place of his home, the place of authority, gained only through maturity, a privileged position, not gained through man's traditions, for there has come much sedition because of religious false tradition. But now Father is opening the door to come up and be shown the glories of his kingdom and for his will to be known. Come boldly to the throne of grace so you can see his glorious face. Also the faces of all those who have finished their race, the race to become part of his mosaic face, for they are the sons and daughters of heaven's grace you know richard you're talking i'm thinking about the and i'm not getting political here it's just an example i'm thinking of all the illegals that have been coming over the border and they have entered america but they have no power they have no authority they don't understand the laws of america they absolutely know nothing about america other than the fact that they have crossed over the border and they can see america and I think that's probably a pretty good analogy. And some people may find this very difficult to grasp because I know that even as I went through church teaching for many decades, I was always under the impression that once you got saved, uh, you know, you were now a full-fledged citizen of the kingdom of God. I'm not saying that you haven't entered the kingdom because you have to a degree, but really entering the kingdom is coming under his lordship. It's just like these people that are coming across the border until they actually come under the reign of the powers that be in America. They really are not citizens of this country. Um, and, and it's the way it is with uh, God's people. Uh, yeah, they've walked through the door. Jesus said, I'm the door. No man comes to the Father except through me or by me. And so they walk through the door but they don't realize that that's when their journey begins. Mm -hmm. I think that too many times, uh, because of a lot of the religious teaching we've had, uh, and I'm not saying you're necessarily sitting under this, but I know I have in decades. I've experienced that once you entered into your salvation experience, you got saved. It was basically like I, I, I was told the journey's basically over. Just be a good boy, live a good life, and when you die, you'll go to heaven and you'll be in God's kingdom. Well, you will be, uh, but my, I believe that the Father has shown me that if, if you never really pursue uh, to know him, to go on to know him intimately, when you get on the other side, you're going to be in a very shallow condition. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're going to be in a beautiful, glorious part, uh, place, which is even greater than this earth for sure. But he's looking for people that want to go on to know him so they can so he can let them rule and reign with him in his kingdom. You know, Daniel the prophet, when he was prophesying about the end days, he said that uh, there was many people that, <clears throat> that entered into heaven, but he said, but only those that went on to do great exploits, they went on to know their God. And we want to do exploits for God. We want people to see God in our life, uh, wherever we're at. Um, and, and it isn't just, you know, telling people about your church and your pastor and so on and so forth, uh, they want to see God in you. They, they want to see that you're experiencing this life that we're talking about. Amen. Well, that's a good segue into the scripture number two that I said there are three. The second scripture is 
one that we all have heard, but we're going to break it down a little bit. It's, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, he declared, and all these things shall be added unto you. You know, I, I, I'm guilty of this too. I, I was seeking all those things before <laughs> I, I got things backwards. I, I was seeking all those things at one time in my life until I finally realized that if I just seek him, he is the kingdom, the kingdom of God. He is the king. And if we just, it says first, first means it's the most important thing in your life. That's what first means. And if you're seeking him first in his righteousness, first of all, righteousness would be, will be and has been given to us as a free gift. You don't have to earn righteousness. It's given away by his grace. And then, and then it says all these things will be added unto you. Well, what, what's all these things? Well, let's talk about that. First of all, let's talk about that word seek. Uh, that word seek, how do we seek the kin- kingdom of God? The word seek means to seek in order to find out. In other words, if you're seeking for something, you want to find it. You know, ask, seek, and knock, Jesus said. So if you are seeking after something, you want to find it. And we seek the kingdom by thinking, meditating, reasoning, and inquiring into the kingdom. That's how you seek it. And it's interesting, Jim, because reasoning reasoning is an interesting thought. God gave us a brain. And if it makes no sense, it probably isn't so. And I've been told a lot of things through the years that didn't make a lot of sense, Jim. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but I was told this is the truth and this is what you are to believe. Well, we need to have that curiosity, that childlike curiosity to to really make sure that what we're, what we're hearing makes sense. If you're hearing it directly from God, trust me, it's good as gold. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. Um, But seeking the kingdom is seeking to know him better and to have more of Jesus formed in us so that we can experience him and his presence better. There was a book that was written by what was Brother Lawrence, Experiencing His Presence, right? Yeah, powerful book. Powerful book. A little bit. Tiny book. You can read it in one one hour or two, you know. But seeking him, and, and the more you seek him, then you're going to enter in to a relationship, a oneness with the Lord that Jesus had with the Father. Because Jesus said, Father, make them one as you and I are one. And if you're one with the Lord, guess what? Jesus said, I don't say anything or I don't do anything unless the Father tells me to say it or do it. Amen. So, um, the kingdom... Is within. We've said that multiple times. That 
that realm, it's a realm in man's consciousness where he knows and understands God. Don't you want to know and understand God? We, we think God is this big mystery, and, and he is. We're not going to know everything, but wouldn't you want him to start peeling off the layers on the onion, you know, the skins off the onion to try to get to the heart and to get to his heart? So he will. He will start revealing things to you. He'll start peeling off layer by layer of that onion, and the each time you peel off a layer, you uh, each time you peel off a piece of that skin, you're getting closer and closer to the heart of the onion, which in this case would be the Lord's heart. Yeah. Well, I, I think uh, personally, Rich, uh, I know everybody believes that Jesus came and died on the cross to save us. And yes, I agree with that. Uh, but I think something just as important, uh, and Jesus said so himself, is he came to reveal the Father. See, I don't think that anybody, matter of fact, I know that nobody in the Old Testament knew God. Uh, even in the New Testament, it says, for no man has seen God at any time, mm -hmm. but the only begotten Son of God has revealed him. So we can experience and see the Father through the walk of Jesus Christ, because Jesus said to Philip, when you see me, you see the Father. Yes. So you talk about peeling the onion. The best way to peel it is to keep your eyes on the Lord, uh, because everything he says in the red letters in the Bible, if you want to go by that, that's, that's, peeling, that's peeling the onion back pretty good, mm -hmm. uh, because uh, as you see him, um, and, and, of course, it says, as you see me, you shall be just like me. Man, you, you talk about Selah. You talk about stop and ponder that and meditate on that a little bit. Because Jesus was really the prototype of the first son walking in the earth. And he was the prototype of what all of God's um, humanity, God wants all of his creation uh, to become just like his first son, Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I'm the firstborn among many brethren. Um, so, yeah, it just goes, the burden that we have, Rich, is that this message goes so far beyond much of the church teachings that we've said under, at least I'll speak for myself. Um, I never realized uh, exactly what this, this journey was all about. Yeah, it was loaded with nothing but mysteries, uh, but when you actually get quiet before the Lord and you start meditating on God, and you start focusing on his face, all these mysteries start becoming revealed to you because Jesus said unto you, it's been given to know the secrets and the mysteries of God. God doesn't want to keep us walking in, gee, I, I don't know, I wonder what the Father's really like. Because Jesus said, you're without excuse now because I walked the earth. You want to see the Father? Look at me. <laughs> and, and, you know, Jim, when we're talking about the kingdom of God, you know, there was... Many, many years where there wasn't a Bible. You know, the King James True. Bible came about, I think, in the 1600s. Well, think about it. That's 1600 years. 
that when Jesus was uh, ascended back into heaven after his crucifixion, burial, and resurrection, that there wasn't a Bible. I mean, the temple, the Romans came in and destroyed the temple in 70 AD. So even there's 70 years right there. So the question I'm asking, which I, it's a hypothetical question, I know the answer is, do you need the Bible to enter in and experience the kingdom of heaven? Man, is it a help. Does it help? Oh my gosh, I'm so thankful and grateful to have the Bible. But there, right. we're in it every day. We're in it every day. You hear our podcasts and our radio programs, we talk about the Bible. We give scripture. We we love the Bible, but think about those folks that didn't have it. My gosh. You know how blessed are we? And they ended up, you know, they could still have God didn't God didn't exclude them from the kingdom of heaven. No. So, you know, you might say, well, I don't know that much about the Bible. I'm learning, but I don't know that much. Doesn't mean that you can't, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven now. It's not about the Bible, even though it's a major help to us. It's about a relationship and like Jim and I have a relationship. We're friends. We're brothers in the Lord. There wasn't a book that taught, taught us how to be friends and brothers. We just spent time together, and by spending time, we got to know each other. Yeah, well, I love, uh, I love those scriptures, uh, Rich, where Paul said, when God chose to reveal his son in me, mm-hmm. uh, that's powerful right there. Do you realize that the Son of God is in you? And by simply saying the Son of God is in you, what we're saying is the kingdom of God is within you. Because he's Lord of the kingdom. Right. But Paul said for several years, I went off on my own. I don't think Paul had, there was no Bible. He might have had some Old Testament scriptures which foretold, you know, about the Christ. Uh, But he went off on his own. And he was ministered to strictly by the Holy Spirit. And I believe in this, there's a lot of people that are coming into this light, into this revelation that the word is wonderful. But without the spirit, Jesus said, the letter of the word killeth, but the spirit brings life. Then I'll end it with this, too. When he was talking to the religious ones that were extremely knowledgeable about the scriptures, he says, "For I think it's in John chapter 5, for in them... You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. But these scriptures will tell you about me, but you won't come to me that you might have life. So it's one thing to know the scriptures, but it's you know it's one thing to know the King James, but it's another thing to know King Jesus. Yeah, true, very true. Okay, so we're talking about the kingdom of God. We're talking about not just seeing the kingdom, and even not just entering the kingdom, but we're talking about experiencing the kingdom. Yeah, amen, Rich. I don't don't know if you're going to go there in the Passion Bible, in John 17, how many times it says experience. Yeah, go ahead. Jesus in in is what they call the high priestly prayer. In John 17, if you look at the Passion Bible, in there, 
at least six times, six times, Jesus said, Father, I pray that they experience the oneness that I have with you. And I want them to experience the oneness they have with you. Father, I pray that they experience the love that you have for me and the love you have for them. I'm not going to recite all six of them, but six times in his high priestly prayer. And you know, Jesus, he only said what he heard the Father say. So when Jesus prays a prayer like that, guess what? That prayer is going to be answered. Mm -hmm. And that's all part of thy kingdom coming to earth, okay? Uh, Because you're not going to be able to bring God's kingdom to earth unless you start experiencing God and actually walking in the spirit with God. Um, There's a poem that the Lord gave me. I'll read real quickly here, and it says, My kingdom is a place that's beyond your time and space. See, you're not going to pick up on God's kingdom in your carnal mind. You have a spiritual mind. You have a renewed mind. And we've got to get our mind renewed uh, because we're a new creation. You're not the old carnal guy you used to be before you got saved. But in this poem, the Lord spoke to me. He said, my kingdom is a place beyond your time and space. And it can only be seen through your persistence and my divine grace. In other words, as you knock and dig and you're persistent, he said, I will give you the grace. I will give you the grace to enter into my kingdom. And, and this can only happen, he says, as you focus on my face. So keep on asking and you'll receive. Keep on seeking and you'll find. Because the entrance into my kingdom will only come through your renewed mind. So keep on persistently knocking. And in knocking, you will find all the treasures of my kingdom as you partake of the wisdom and the knowledge of my mind. So we've got to get our mind renewed. We've got to take on the mind of our Father and then... We can loose that mind in the earth where people will be able to see the kingdom of God. Yes, yes, yes. I said earlier that there are three scriptures that we're going to really be talking about. They're very important, and it's they're very exciting. Um, these scriptures have changed my life, and I'm sure they would change your life if they haven't already. And that first one was Mark one fifteen, that basically says, Jesus said, at last, the fulfillment of the age has come. It's time for God's kingdom to be experienced in its fullness. The second That's one, huge. That is, really. That's huge. That's the, huge. The second one is Matthew 6.33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, Jesus declared, and all these things shall be added unto you. Okay, well, let's go. Well, before I get to the third one, you know, just many people are seeking things that aren't related to his kingdom. And I I was one, you know, I was seeking wealth. I was seeking power and status. I was moving up the corporate ladder and all that, thinking that, wow, that's what I'm supposed to do. That's what I should do. Um. Yeah, there's nothing more important than seeking the kingdom of God. Because when you seek the kingdom, you're going to find the king. Amen. And, and, you know, he is, the Bible says that he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And, And did you know that you are a king priest after the order of Melchizedek? That you are. 
So King of Kings, it's a capital K King of Kings and capital L Lord of Lords. And the King is in every man whose life is guided, governed, and directed by the Spirit. You know, Jesus, when he was collecting his disciples, he said, forsake everything and follow me. Now, that doesn't mean you, know, you go the same path that they went. That doesn't mean you give up your job and quit paying your bills. No, that means uh, we're talking about the, spirit, the uh, kingdom of God within. That means everything within you is seeking after him. Now, here's the third scripture, and that is um, Colossians 3, 1 and 2. That's Colossians 3, 1 and 2. It says, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. That's where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. goes on to say in, in verse 2, set your affection on the things above, not on the things of this earth. Actually, let's do four, Jim. Fourth would be Luke 17, and the title of Luke 17, right before verse 20, is God's kingdom realm within you. Verse 20 says, Jesus was once asked by the Jewish religious leaders, when will God's kingdom come? Remember we said in the beginning that a lot of the people when Jesus was walking the earth believed that he would set up his kingdom there on earth. And what he was doing was setting up a kingdom that was a lot more important than a political kingdom on earth. So they asked him, when will God's kingdom come? Jesus responded, God's kingdom does not come simply by obeying principles or waiting for signs. The kingdom, in verse 21, the kingdom is not discovered in one place or another, for God's kingdom realm is already expanding within some of you. And he would say that today, Jim. He would speak to our audience today and say that that exact same scripture, that some of you, and hopefully it's going to be more of you, if not all of you, um, the kingdom realm is already expanding within you. Amen. If the kingdom is within, then the king can also be found there. And we've said it probably in every single broadcast, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Yeah, when you talk about the kingdom coming to earth, don't forget, listening audience, that you were made of the earth. And when the Lord says the kingdom of God is coming to earth, he's not talking about terra firma per se. It's got to come to your earth first. You've got to get that recreated mind of Christ so you can then bring forth the kingdom of God in the earth. And I was just uh, rich, <laughs> Jim, uh, Brother Jim Heisen just sent uh, text me a message. He's been listening to us. And uh, he gave me the scripture, Philippians 3.10, where it says, Paul says, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection. And uh, 
you know, Paul says, for whatever was gained to me, I now consider loss for the knowledge of knowing Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, and for whose sake I have lost all things, and I consider them garbage. But Paul was on a journey to know Christ in him, and uh, he was willing to give everything up. And gee, isn't that something? Because of that heart he had for God, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Yep. What about that? <laughs> Praise God. Thanks for that verse, Jim. It's very timely. It's very good. Yeah, the, the, we're talking about the journey, and, and there's progression in this journey of ours. Um, like we said, you, you see the kingdom, you enter the kingdom, then you experience the kingdom. You can't experience a kingdom if you don't see it. You can't experience a kingdom if you don't enter in. See the kingdom, enter the kingdom, and experience the kingdom. Jesus compared it to a mustard seed. Remember that? Something that starts out very small and grows into something big. Small thoughts of truth grow into an abiding place of a larger, higher range of thoughts. And we did a we did a podcast. If you want to go where your pod, you get your podcast, um, Kingdom Building. We did a podcast that I would recommend you listening to. It's everything you need is in the seed, and that's when we mm-hmm. talked about the mustard seed. Yeah, Amen. Amen. In Matthew seven thirteen, it says, "Enter through the narrow gate, because the wide gate." And the broad path is the way that leads to destruction. Nearly everyone chooses that crowded road. In verse 14 it says, The narrow gate and the, and the difficult way leads to eternal life, but so few even find it. And that's our, that's our goal, is that, that you would just at, take this time to start seeking the kingdom. It says, Seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness. And your life, all the things going on in your life, trials, tribulation, hurts, pain, whatever, it's all going to come together and makes a lot more sense as you continue to enter in Casting your cares upon him, for he cares for you. And you're going to see your life change. It, it, is, it is flat out going to change. There's no question about it. That that narrow path may require some time and, and whatever on your part. Tribulation. Huh? Some tribulation. Yeah. Paul said some tribulation. But it's going to be of good cheer, he said. It's going to be worth it, he said. Every he, He's yeah. not... His arm isn't short. His arm is going to reach around and grab you and hug you and bring you in. And trust me, he's not going to take away every problem. He's not going to take away every hurt. But he's going to make it a lot better. And your life is going to be a lot richer and a lot fuller as you continue to seek the kingdom and his righteousness. Yeah, good word. Um, yeah, I think the, I think the Lord put it this way. Well, Paul said, 
uh, for as much tribulation that you enter into the kingdom of God, but be of good cheer for for the Lord has overcome the world. Okay, um, and and talking about some of the things we have to go through, uh, the Bible says, "For this is the will of God in you that you are to give thanks in all things." And the reason why he said that is because he knew that by the divine providence of God, as you look to the Lord and you trust in the Lord, he says, I will make all things come out for your good and for my glory. So what you're saying, Rich, can be backed up in the scriptures. I mean, even though we go through some stuff, okay, uh, we go through some suffering. I don't think anybody escapes it. I don't care if you're a billionaire or if you don't have any money in the bank at all. You're not going to escape some of the suffering you're going to go through through the earth because one of the main reasons why we're in this earth is to be perfected. We are sons of God. And, uh, you know, how much is your kid going to learn if you, as soon as he comes out of the mama's womb, that you, you know, you, you buy him everything, you give him a new Maserati when he grows up, you give him a big house, and the guy dies, and it's like he never grows up and matures. And so, you know, we do go through some stuff, but it's all by the divine hand of the Lord. Um, and frankly, a lot of the suffering he didn't create, we created it, yes. but out of our darkness, he bring, but out of our darkness, he brings light because the Bible says that God can even be found in dark places. And I read that one time. I thought, well, I didn't think there's, you can be found in dark places. And he said, well, son, I can go into darkness, but darkness can't come into me. Right. <laughs> yep. So, you know, even, even David said, though I make my bed in hell, that's a place of darkness. Thou art there. So he, he saw God even in his hellacious sufferings himself. God was there. Amen. I believe the true goal of every believer is to experience God for yourself. Not Absolutely. through some other person. I mean, you know, I, I can't experience God through my wife. She can't experience God through me. You have to experience God for yourself. But you can't do that without Jesus being formed in you because that's the that's the process that we go through as we continue to fellowship with him and we continue to get to know him better. He knows you. He he knows you inside and out. He wants you to get to know him. And um, in Revelation 12.10, it says, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. You know what? Don't, don't give the devil more credit than he deserves. He doesn't deserve any credit. He was defeated on Calvary. So your talk should be about Jesus, not about the devil. Your talk should be about how big your God is, not how big the devil is. And it just ha- it, you, you just have to realize that he is defeated. You know, Jesus' miracles are signs of the kingdom of God breaking the chains of sin and death and the and the power of the darkness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Amen. Um, Yeah, I agree. As a matter of fact, uh, that's another thing, too, that I experienced, Rich. Uh, I went to a variety of churches. I finally settled into one for quite a number of years. But some of the fellowships I went to, I found that, I hate to say it, but it was like the devil was bigger than God. Because, you know, whatever you talk about is what's on your heart. And uh, I refuse to really give any glory to the devil at all because Jesus very plain when he said, he's under my feet. Well, if he's under Jesus's feet, I'm in Christ, then that means he's under my feet. Now, I can take him out from under my feet and empower him to go do some stupid stuff in my life, but that's something that people really have to watch out on. Um, Another point I guess I'm trying to make here is Jesus said, you know, you'll you'll be held accountable for the words of your mouth. Uh, one poem the Lord gave me says, words are like boomerangs. So they'll come back and visit you someday. So, you know, be careful that you keep devil and Satan out of your vocabulary and understand that he is under your feet. Because the only power that the darkness can gain is through you. They have no power. They've been stripped of their power. But there is power and there is authority in you. And if you speak those things there's a strong possibility that they could come back on you. As a matter of fact, I'm convinced, Rich, that most of the dark stuff that comes back on us was all created from our own tongue. Mm-hmm. The Bible talks a lot about the power of the tongue. And God, in this hour, especially in this evil hour that we're living in, God is saying, guard your heart, guard your tongue. <laughs> okay. yeah, he says the tongue, the tongue is like a rudder of the ship. It guides the ship. Yeah. And so yes. guide yes. that ship to where you want to go, not to some other place that you don't want to go. And yeah. I, I like in, in Hebrews 6, it talks about, um, it says, And now we have run into his heart to hide ourselves in his faithfulness. This is where we find his strength and comfort. For he empowers us to seize what has already been established ahead of time. An unshakable hope. We have this certain hope like a strong, unbreakable anchor holding our souls to God himself. Our anchor of hope is fastened to the mercy seat in the heavenly realm beyond the sacred threshold, and where Jesus, here's the word you gave earlier, Jim, our forerunner, has gone in before us. He is now and forever our royal priest, like Melchizedek. You know, we're supposed to stay in that secret place, under the wings of the Almighty, in that safe place. And then we don't have to worry about the darkness. Because if you're, if you're close to God, he said, if you draw close to me, I'm going to draw close to you. Do you think for a second, if, if, if you have a little kid, that you're not going to protect that kid when you're out in public? That, that any, no one's going to mess with that kid when daddy or mommy's right next to the kid? I mean, that is our job as parents, is to protect our kids. Well... Jesus' job is to protect his kids. Yeah. <clears throat> Amen. In Psalms 91, it yeah, says, yeah. He that dwell in the secret place of the Most High shall abide 
under the shadow of the Almighty. The, another version, Jim, says, When you abide under the shadow of El Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy, and he will protect you from false accusations and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. Boy, isn't that a good visual there to see how much God loves us? Yeah, amen. Amen, brother. Amen. Yeah, you know, you were talking before sometime through the show about uh, first love, and I was thinking about the the um, letter to the last age church, Laodicea, and uh, he said, I know your works, and so on and so forth. He says, you say you're rich, you're increased with goods. And a lot of a lot of uh, Christianity today, they are rich and increased with goods. There's a very strong message out there on prosperity uh, that people have latched into. And we do know that above all things in First John, uh, that the Lord uh, speaks through John. He says, above all things, I want you to prosper and I want you to be in health. But then he qualifies it with, as your soul prospers. And we want our soul to prosper first, and then if finances and prosperity comes after that, maybe a new car, new house, whatever, that's fine. But we got to keep the balance when it comes to this prosperity message. And and Jesus said, you know, I know that you know you don't lack nothing. Uh, you got these big churches and all these expensive pews and this, that, and the other. And he says, but I got one thing against you: <laughs> you've lost your first love. Now, how does somebody lose their first love? Because when you first get saved, to me, that's coming into your first love. I know the experience I had with the Lord in the hotel room when he gloriously really appeared to me, and and it was marvelous. But then when I got into some of these fellowships that I went to, every Sunday they kept telling me I had to get saved again, and I was a sinner, and and on and on, and it started robbing me of the joy and the love that I experienced when I saw the Lord face to face. And I thought, there's something wrong here, Lord. And so that's when the Lord started saying, son, you have to, uh, he says, you've heard my call, you feel my draw, now it's time to enter into a stall. Basically what he was saying was, come alone with me. You know, Rich, you and I, on these broadcasts, normally, we hear the Lord speaking the living word to us before we even find it in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Every time we talk, all we have to do is talk to each other by the Spirit and, you know, just address the Lord and start talking. And all of a sudden, the leading of the Holy Spirit starts coming out of us. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, yeah, I've, I've seen that in First Corinthians chapter 4, you know. Rivers but of living water, Jim. Huh? Rivers of what? living water starts flowing. Amen. You know, Amen. And it's, it's a wonderful thing. Amen. It really is. But what is the kingdom of God? We're going to kind of bring this to a close here, and I'll let you close it out, Jim. Last thing I'll say is this. You know, what does it look like? It's about love. It's about righteousness, yeah. peace, and joy. I don't know anybody yeah. that wouldn't want all that. 
Amen. And I'm telling you, you're not going to find it in the world. You're only going to find it in the kingdom. You're only yeah. going to find it through the king. Yeah. You know, and these characteristics being are are gifts from God. This this all this stuff, the grace and the righteousness and the peace and the love and the joy, all these gifts come from the Father of lights. It's yeah. not something that we have to build or construct or it, it's totally God's work. Grace. It's grace. It's all grace. Yeah. And the last thing I'm going to say is Jesus said many are called and few are chosen. Let me tell you, you're called. Now the question is, will you choose him? You know, I believe that really means is that everyone's called to come into his kingdom, but we must make a choice to enter in and experience it. So choose this day who you will serve, either yourself or God. Yeah, amen. Thank you, Joshua. (laughs) (laughs) But he said, choose you this day. Yeah, I got a closing poem right here, okay? Uh, everybody talks about how we're in the end times. Uh, well, here's the way the poem goes. Do you hear the midnight cry? Has Jesus opened up your eye? Have you set your heart on him so he can come in and you can sup with him? He said, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. I am here to encourage you to check the clock. For can't you discern it is the midnight hour? A time to focus on the Lord to receive his power. A power to lift you up on high. A power to open up your eye. To a place of peace and rest. A place to receive the Father's best. So stay the course, my precious ones. So at my coming, you can be found in the glorious one. To be seated at my side and forever to abide. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you'd like... uh any uh, of the poems that uh, the Lord's given to Jim, we'll send them out for free. Uh, you can reach us at Kingdom Building and the number 73. That's Kingdom Building 73 at gmail.com. And we'll get those out to you right away. Uh, again, thanks for listening and um, stay tuned. We'll have more next week. God bless you. <laughs>